And I think, especially if you're an entrepreneur or a business owner, it's always good to have a good grasp on conversion copywriting, which is persuasion techniques and just how to structure a good argument and address maybe sales objections wherever you're writing to your audience, whether or not you're directly like promoting an offer. I think it's good to just use these sort of like conversion copywriting best practices, whether or not you're writing a sales page, and even if it is a blog post, but not everybody does that. (laughs) Well, hello, and welcome to season two of the Simple and Smart SEO Show. The podcast for solopreneurs, service providers, and e-commerce sellers who want to learn the basics of SEO in all the places it shows up. I'm Crystal Waddell. I help Shopify store owners go from feeling like an SEO zero to your very own SEO hero in just one day using AI, UX, and other tech ninja moves. And I'm Brittany Herzberg, SEO and case study copywriter, helping service pros increase sales without being on 24-7, using the power of SEO, story, and social proof. Join us. We're just a couple of business besties who love learning and sharing what we've learned. As we show you how simple and smart SEO can be. So what are we waiting for? Let's jump in. Welcome back to the Simple and Smart SEO Show. We are here today with Haley Burns. Say hi, Crystal. Say hi, Haley. Hi, Haley. Hi, <laughs> This is so great. So today we're going to be talking about really like how to come up with your ideas, like how to ideate, how to be creative and how to use that to drive traffic and engagement to and on your website. Are we ready? <laughs> yeah, totally. I love it. Hi, we can like riff on creativity. I am yeah. down for that conversation. So thanks for being here, Haley. Yeah. Of course. Love this topic. Okay. And before I did not prep you for this one, because I love just the like on the spot thoughts that come to you. But yeah. if you've listened to the show, you may know. I love asking people how they define SEO or what you think of when SEO is mentioned. And there's no wrong answer. Yeah. I think of just the keywords that differentiate you and get you those rankings. <laughs> yeah. And that's where this is a totally good answer. And that's where I've noticed even just in the last couple of weeks working with my clients, they have the creative, lovely, beautiful language about what they do and who they help and how they help. But then we add in the keywords and that's a little bit, sometimes it can be thought of as like the stiff side of things or the not fun side of things. So I'm excited to just get to tie these two together. Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah. That's what I've been dealing with lately, helping somebody build a brand new website that's like a branch of their original business. It's like keywords actually for me are a new jumping off point of creativity. Mm-hmm. And it mainly because people hear me talk about Surfer all the time, but I can't say enough how much Surfer and Jasper has helped me come mm-hmm. up with ideas that I never would have thought of on my own because I'm just like trying so hard and working so hard. My poor little brain is just <laughs> overpowered. But then it's, oh, here's like a little nugget that you might have missed in a little opportunity of a keyword or an idea. And yeah, I love now that like keywords, even though they seem so boring, they can actually give you so many more ideas to really stand out in your niche or whatever. Yeah. So Haley, your thoughts on why do you think creativity even matters when it comes to being found online? Yeah, I... A lot of people came online with their businesses, COVID time. And I think 
it's more saturated and competitive than ever. And the way that you write for your business, whether you're a copywriter or not, needs to be more unique and more refined than ever in a world where there's just a, a million of the same offerings and just being really niche and being somebody that doesn't sound like chat GPT. And so that's where creativity comes into play when creating like a really authentic brand voice where people are being more discerning with how they buy and who they work with. Mm-hmm. And I think too, like when you are creative, when you let, I think of it too, as like your essence, like who you are and why you're different and just really let you shine. You draw in the right people mm-hmm. that are like good fits for you. And when you let people see that side of you, a lot of us are like, we. it's almost like we get it like, this is harsh, but beat out of us. <laughs> Growing up to not be ourselves and then just like fall in line and be like everybody else. But the the magic is when you bring you in. And if we can tap into that creativity and just be ourselves, I think it really draws in the right people. Yeah. And I wanted to piggyback on what you said about so many people starting businesses and coming online in 2020. I know that it's saturated. And I know there's so much out there. But at the same time, I'm jealous in a way of the people who just started their businesses in 2020. Because the information, it just seems like to be proliferating. Like B and I started this podcast because we were years into our businesses before we discovered SEO. And people who are tuning in now, you've just started your business. Let me just assure you, even (laughs) if it's saturated, you are getting like a five or six year head start on most Mm -hmm. people. You go girl, you go boy, whoever's listening. Yeah, you're right where you need to be. (laughs) Yeah. And even just this week, I was having, again, with the conversations with my clients, I did a couple of audits and the numbers were really low. They don't have a high domain authority. They don't have a lot of keywords that they're ranking for. And I'm like, this is great. And they're like, are you sure? I'm like, yeah, this is wonderful because you can only go up from here and you're going to get the strategy. You're going to have a really good, solid understanding of what needs to happen. And then the trajectory is just going to like skyrocket. Okay. I just have to share a very quick win, you guys. Domain authority. I just crossed 25. I'm really happy for you. And when you checked yours, it just hit 20. You go. So yes. For anyone who's listening or who's here who like doesn't know what domain authority is, it's just your like your ranking, your report card of like how your website is doing, how credible you think that you are. So it's a score out of 100. It takes a little bit to get to 10. 10 like the easiest. And then 10 to 20 is a little harder. 20 to 30 is a little harder. 30 to 40. And would you say 30 to 40 is where most entrepreneurs land, Crystal? Honestly, most small businesses, if you can get to 15, mm-hmm. considered great. Because mm-hmm. think about a Walmart or Amazon or any of those big name type websites who have tons of backlinks and years, if not decades of a head start against the rest of us. Think about Forbes. Forbes was once known as a financial magazine. And now they're like diving into everything. Like anything that could have an affiliate link, Forbes is right there. Okay. In case you didn't know, that's how major media makes their money now. It's not from how many people watch the news network. It's (laughs) from how many affiliate links they can stack on their website. Because we're not Forbes and we're not Walmart and we're not Amazon to build something from scratch is very difficult. So a 15 is pretty common for small Mm -hmm. businesses. And then anything beyond that is just gravy. Yeah. I love it. Okay. So turn us back into creativity and all this stuff with website copy. 
Do you feel like, and I know the answer to this, but do you feel like you can just post your copy and it's done and you never have to touch it again? We don't have to be creative more than once. I also want to let you know that my free three-day challenge is back. So if you want to join the Supercharge Your SEO three-day challenge, it is June 4th, 5th, and 6th, and you can register for free at crystalwidell.com forward slash supercharge. So hope to see you inside the challenge. No, especially in the context of SEO, you have to continuously optimize it. But as your as your offerings evolve and as you learn more about the people that you're talking to, I think it's important to constantly weave in the words that they're using and reiterate on what you find their problems are. Yeah, I can agree more. So that's a great lead in because it's like, how often then do you optimize? Like how often do you go back and assess the copy and the work that it's doing on your behalf and then optimize it to be even better? Yeah. And look look at that through a copywriter lens because we've got our SEO hats on, but from a copywriter perspective, what frequency do you think? Oh, it's not something that I'm obsessing about. It's just, if I have a light bulb moment, I'm a big person of just like writing things down and taking notes and then coming back at a later date. I don't know, every six months, maybe not a set time. Just like when the inspiration strikes. Yeah. When there's, when there is that light bulb moment. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely do that with, you were talking about what your people say, or if someone has said anything interesting, I'm a huge believer. Of course, I haven't been implementing it like I should be, but if anyone says something great about you, if it's a client or the thing I've been really trying to stay on top of is whenever I guest teach or I was invited to speak at a virtual conference, I've been uncomfortably following up with the host, whether it's a podcast host or the conference host. And just letting them know, honestly, hey, I'm trying to beef up the testimonials on my speaker page. If you thought that I was a good guest, would you share your thoughts? And I even have started giving them like a fill in the blank or finish the sentence prompt. And every single person has written back. And that's Mm -hmm. been really heartwarming, but also it's, okay, Brittany, put this on your website. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. This is something that needs to go out and so the rest of the world can see it because again, it just boosts your credibility and authority. Yeah. Sometimes we're just having so much fun. We forget that we're working. (laughs) And I wanted to add that because I do look at things through an SEO lens, like I am obsessive about words on the page. And so I love the idea of coming in with a creative writer. And then I also love the idea of following up in Google Analytics, like Google Search Console Mm -hmm. specifically, and then seeing, okay, what are we getting found for? And what are the opportunities here? And I want to share an opportunity right now. I was going through one of my clients' site and we are looking at just what she was already ranking for and what might be some possibilities. One of the possibilities happened to be one of her main keywords in Spanish. Oh, wow. A big just aha to me was like, oh my goodness, for those who are able to harness the power of a multiple language website, if your customers happen to speak another language and they're in your country or your target location, that could be a huge opportunity for you because it may be the one thing that gives you a different treat. I can't speak either. (laughs) Gives you a differentiating factor amidst all the noise out there. So I loved it because it was like, hey, you don't necessarily have to reinvent the wheel and create all these new products and ideas. 
You just have to make it accessible to a new audience. So just wanted to throw that one out there. When it comes to writing for your business, do you feel like there are any myths that you would like to bust for business owners? Lately? <laughs> yeah, sure. I think one thing that I learned, especially from the copywriter Ben Settle, is that it's good to, what does he call it, language butchering, where you just can't use slang and talk mm -hmm. how you talk. It's not a revolutionary idea, but I think a lot of us, if we're not creative people or in, inherently creative people, or we're not copywriters, we have it so stuck in our brains what we learned in English mm -hmm. class in high school. But it's really okay to just use slang and get a little bit freaky because that's like what's engaging. And yeah, I think that's a huge way to just stand out and cut through the noise today. Yeah, that's actually, so my boyfriend or anyone listening, you probably have heard me say this. He's a nonfiction editor and a publishing yeah. coach. And that was one of the things that we had a battle of wills yeah. for a little while <laughs> because he's, he follows the rules to a T and he must for, for the type of work that he does. But then there's my work and I'm, writing how I speak and I'm like pulling things in and I'm using quotes even when they don't have like proper punctuation and I'm throwing emojis in there like we yeah. were taught that in high school so it was really funny to watch us figure out how to have that meld so now it's more about like when he copy edits any of the case studies that I do he's looking for okay because I even had to say I'm like does this flow? Do I lose the reader at any point? Do I lose the main character at any point? Is this happening? Da, da, da. So we have this like checklist now that we run through, but it's a lot less about, am I following the rules of grammar? <laughs> because I don't. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it's really interesting what that Ben, you said his name was Ben. Ben Settle. Yeah. Ben Settle. But yeah. I think that's a really excellent takeaway. And it's again, where SEO and copywriting intersect mm -hmm. because people search how they talk. Mm -hmm. They don't search formally. They don't search jargon. They search the words that people use. And so that's such a great takeaway where even though it's called something different in copywriting and it's called something different in SEO, they're actually the same concept. That's how you will get found online. Yeah. And that goes even back to with the testimonials, because if we are, this is why I love using testimonials and it's why they're so brilliant. Because if you're listening to what your clients are saying, your clients, your students, your customers, whoever they are, you're going to get the language that you need or that backs up or approves your SEO keywords. So it's, it's, it's very cyclical. Like they just feed each other and help each other. Sometimes people, when they hear how they talk and they see it in the written word, say you're converting a video to a blog, which is something I do for my clients. We say a lot of different things, gonna or whatever. And I leave a lot of that in there because yeah. it's NLP, which is called natural language processing. And that is a differentiator in, let's say, AI generated content, which is going to be a little bit more grammatically correct. So what we often look at as errors and things that might make us sound stupid or not as educated or not as qualified to be the expert are actually the things that still help us get found in search as well. And these articles, some people say, oh, it's going to take three to six months to get rank or whatever, rank it in two weeks. That's because we understand what keywords we're going after and we're saying it in a natural way. So I just, yeah, I just wanted to riff on that one for a minute. Yeah, definitely. The word is merrier. Okay, so when we get back to like creativity and inspiration, do you have any ideas of or what do you do in your process to like source inspiration? 
where do I start? One thing that was huge for me, and not everyone can do this, but in 2018, I went cold turkey from basically social media, but a big one was Instagram in terms of using it in my personal life because I wanted to replace my hobbies with things that I felt would add value to my life in a better (laughs) way and especially to my career. And I started off instead of scrolling, like reading a lot of nonfiction because optimizing productivity, bro, businessmen, <laughs> speed reading nonfiction, but, and, and they always touted that reading, reading fiction was useless for, mm. for your business. And I found that the opposite is true. Mm-hmm. And now in my free time, when I want to watch like a movie or turn on Netflix or scroll, instead, I like to read fiction because it, I feel entertained, but also a lot of what I'm reading marinates in my subconscious and different authors, you can draw different value toward your business writing. For example, Joyce Carol Oates mm-hmm. and Charles Bukowski, they're really short sentences, really conversational. It's like a great lesson in brevity and it's just easily understood. And I think while you're reading like those kind of authors and analyzing their pacing can be super valuable for writing engaging content. And then like more descriptive fiction writers like Cormac McCarthy, who died last week. Rip. Oh, yeah, he's amazing. I feel like those writers who are more descriptive and verbose are amazing way to plug into human emotion and how to tell compelling stories and yeah, just plug into humanity. And so that's one huge thing that I think helps my creativity in writing is just, yeah, spending free time writing, reading fiction. Yeah. Did you have anything, B? No. Okay. <laughs> All right. I just want to say a couple of things. Reading fiction, I love that because there was a time where I felt overwhelmed. I love to read. And so I started reading fiction as well, but I'm like reading beach reads. Like I'm not trying to get <laughs> super deep. I'm just looking yeah. like something fun to read. And what one thing that was really great about it is that I was able to understand my client's journey even better. So if you can find a fiction book that kind of goes aligned, is aligned with your client's journey, helps you understand their life and where you might be able to fit in their life. Because my client is definitely living a much different lifestyle. Our, Our lives intersect in the sports world because I was a coach and their kids play sports and their travel parents and that type of thing. But in terms of lifestyle, it's very different. So I love that with finding client journeys. And then Another thing reminding me of Beast Dad is that the finding the analogies of Mm -hmm. particularly or seeing how, you know, things work in different environments and then thinking, oh my gosh, that's how it works in writing or that's how it works in SEO or that's how it works in whatever it is you're doing. That opens your mind to be able to understand things that much more. And then the last thing, when you're talking about taking a social media break, that's what I'm doing right now. And I'm taking a vacation. I'm actually in Hutchinson, Kansas, where I was born and raised, spending some time with my parents and getting out of the echo chamber. I'm like, because I finally realized there is truth to the fact that you train the algorithm, right? Mm-hmm. And I love being over on LinkedIn, but mm-hmm. I am SEO echo chamber. And I am like, get me out of here. Like <laughs> trying to follow UX people and get out of like SEO completely. Because it is just a bunch of people like regurgitating what the other person said and then presenting it as, yeah. Like, I just thought about this. Yeah. And I'm like, 
what in the world is this? So like fiction, like you said, is a great place to find new ideas and find new ideas for yourself. So just loved all of those things. Yeah. I wanted to say that So I'm a huge like reading nerd. It's always been my happy place. It's always been my escape. It's always been like, I just, I love it. One thing I've tried to do in the last year or so is I used to make myself read one book and one book only. And recently I've done like nonfiction and fiction. Mm-hmm. And it's very funny because I've got like fantasy novels and then I'm reading about like, storytelling with Kendra Hall. Like no one would put those two things together. And yet they work because just what you're saying, Crystal, like it ties those things together and it lets your brain just get lost in the story, which is one thing that I love bringing into the case studies is like, we need the storytelling because it it really draws the person in. They see the connections and then they convert more easily. But it's just a nice escape sometimes too. For sure. Yeah. Okay. Anything other than fiction books? Yeah, definitely just exposing yourself to people that you wouldn't normally, or I guess there's a better way to phrase this. One thing that I do is I might hear somebody use like a simile or something. Here's an example. I was at like gas station and I heard a woman like a a baby boomer <laughs> say he was drooling like a basset hound. And it's like, I would have never have thought that, but I immediately write it down because I have this like huge notepad of similes. I guess just like staying like plugged in to like sticky phrases like that in places like anywhere, whether it's like a waitress or mm-hmm. your parent or your boyfriend or something. I, I love like just writing everything down and you never know when it's going to be like a huge, like a big idea later for your writing or even if you're like sending out like an email, if you have a mailing list, like turning that into a story or something. Yeah. Oh, I love that. So my question is for this idea of high quality content and the buzzwords, the jargon of engaging content and blah, 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 scroll stopping content. I'm like, oh, these things grind my gears so bad. I don't know why. But what does that really mean? What is that? Like what elements make up something that is considered high quality because mm-hmm. to me that sounds a little subjective so i'm like is there some sort of formula or outcome that we're searching for to actually define it as high quality content is there anything like that in copywriting When it comes to influencer marketing, there's a podcast that covers it all that you will want to add to your playlist. The Influence Factor by the Influencer Marketing Factory. They talk about influencer marketing, social media, the creator economy, social commerce, and much, much more. They cover all aspects, including the creator economy, social commerce, the latest trends, the metaverse, TikTok trends, and that's just the beginning. The Influence Factor by the Influencer Marketing Factory. Add the podcast to your playlist right now. Sure. I you're the SEO people, but from my perspective, I wouldn't break my back trying to create some like objective version of high quality content as long as I'm being authentic and sharing something novel. And if it's something that I know resonates with my people, then that's high quality enough for me and I would assume them. So I, I don't know if there's some like metric. <laughs> I don't know about metrics, but I do think that high quality in my mind when I'm creating things, it's like 
I probably run it through my own checklist. Am I connecting with the person? Am I actually being helpful? Like we know last year that Google had the helpful content update. And there's an episode about that if you want to listen to it. It's a little plug. But just like remembering who's on the other side of the screen and making sure that whatever you're putting out there, is it helping them in some way, shape or form? Is it inviting them into your program? Is it sharing an offer with them? Is it you're just helping them? You're giving them advice. You're walking them through something. And I think if you're doing, that's really the ultimate thing because I always go back to intention and connection. So I think that remembering, like having that constant intention of like, what am I putting this out there for? What am I hoping that this thing will achieve? And of course, as we know, because I've said it before, that seamlessly ties into your SEO strategy. Because again, like I, when I create content, when I create a case study, for example, I want to think of what's the end goal here. Where do I want to send them? What's the really big point that I want to get across? I write the thing and then it's, okay, did that accomplish it? Yes or no? Usually it does. If it doesn't, then I've got a lot more work ahead of me, but. <laughs> yeah. Uh, totally, Brittany, like being honest with yourself and that intention is really everything. I think when it comes to high quality content. What do you think of when you hear those phrases, Crystal, you said they grind your gears, but I'm wondering, I just had this thought, like, I'm wondering if they grind your gears because it is so vague. And I know that you like specifics and specific steps and things like that. So I'm wondering if that's part of it. But like, when you hear those phrases, what comes to mind? I think it's just this echo chamber of people giving advice, like you said, without giving specifics. And because it's subjective, I think one thing you just said, Haley, was novelty and being new and being fresh. It took me a long time to realize this. It took me a long time to realize that I didn't have to sound like everyone else. I didn't have to give myself support from other people in the industry to be able to see myself as an expert or to know that what I was talking about, even though it's new, and it may be different in, in its approach, I, it still works. And it doesn't necessarily need a bunch of proof from other people chiming in about the exact same thing. It's actually like what B said, it's to my advantage. It's to our advantage to share something new, to share a different perspective. And so I think the answer that I was searching for, I didn't even realize was the fact that yes, novelty, new, a genuine perspective, Those are the things to me that kind of make up high quality content. And then also the way that it's presented. So for instance, my specialty is e-commerce. And one thing about e-commerce is when you're writing product descriptions and you are, you have words on a page, that's primarily for search engines. You're going to have your group of people who may love to read all of that copy. But what people are drawn to primarily in e-commerce are the images. And so what I've come to realize is that compelling content on an e-commerce site also includes word graphics, the images, because as people are swiping through the images, they'll take a moment to read some brief copy in an image because that's where they already are looking for information. So those are the types of specific things that I look for from people when they're talking about high quality content. And so I love that you pointed out that, hey, it's new. If it's new, that it lends itself to being mm-hmm. high quality because it's not regurgitated. And it goes back to the thing that we were talking about earlier, just like being ourselves and being authentic and being genuine to who we are and being willing to show up as ourselves. If I think through some of the names that are coming to mind right now, where it's just like these people are well-known in our industry, it's copywriting or marketing or even SEO. And you take a minute and you're like, why are they so well-known? Why are they 
so well respected. They do have the fresh ideas. They aren't afraid to be themselves. They aren't afraid to make bold statements and have an opinion. And so many of us are like, we're going to stay here at the metal and we're not going to say anything. And I'm like this other person and this is good because I'm mm-mm. like, just don't be afraid to be yourself. If there's anything that I'm taking away from this episode, it's that. Yeah. And I think a lot of us want to stay where it's safe yeah. because when you're creating and you're trying to actually make money so that you can eat, mm-hmm. it's a lot safer to stay in the middle, but the future is not in the middle. The future is on the fringe. And so we've got to find ways to get to the fringe and just push what already exists into something that maybe doesn't exist or a new perspective of what exists. And so that's what I feel like. SE has helped me do that with more confidence. Absolutely. Because as these keywords relate to each other, I realize that my crazy ideas aren't so crazy after all. They're actually, mm-hmm. they're actually connected to the safe thing. They're just on the fringe. So. Yeah, they're like aiming a different direction. Haley, you mentioned a couple of things that make me wonder, and I probably should know this, but you were talking about like the pacing and like the length of sentences. Do you work with brand voice? I don't know. I focus on just conversion copywriting. So I'm doing launch copywriting, sales pages, Facebook ads, and emails. So I wouldn't have a specific service where I'm helping with brand voice. But what I said before definitely comes useful in being a a chameleon to my client's brand voice. Yeah, I totally relate to that. So what are the important elements of conversion copywriting? Could you give us a definition of conversion copywriting just in case somebody's listening and they're like, okay, we were talking about copywriting. Now we're talking about conversion copywriting. That's like a thing. That's a different thing. What is that? Can you explain that? And then what makes up conversion copywriting? Sure. So copywriting that is Conversion copywriting is been written with the goal to inspire a specific action from the reader, whether that's a conversion in the form of a sign up, a register, just becoming a follower. And it's also called direct response copy because you're looking for a direct response that can be measured. And the types of copy that might be would be like a sales page where you're directly asking for somebody to join your program. That contrasts with a blog post, which is blog post copywriting is mostly informational or educational. So that's where the divide is and what I do and content writing. And you even said ad copy. So that's good. I know who to send people to because I don't touch ads with the 10 foot poles. Yeah, that's my jam. I think that to connect this to other things that we've talked about in other episodes, because we talk about top of funnel, middle of funnel, bottom of funnel, conversion copywriting belongs at the bottom of the funnel. And then that's where we would be looking primarily for transactional keywords in SEO because we're searching to make a transaction. But I guess to be just contrary for no reason, except maybe I'm tired from the driving, (laughs) wouldn't we want all of our copy? to be some form of conversion copywriting because like at the end of the day we're here to make money and that's what I hear from a lot of people is like how is this going to make me money so shouldn't all of our copywriting be conversion copywriting yeah and I think especially if you're an entrepreneur or a business owner it's always good to have a good grasp on conversion copywriting which is persuasion techniques and just how to 
structure a good argument and address maybe sales objections wherever you're writing to your audience, whether or not you're directly like promoting an offer. I think it's good to just use these sort of like conversion copywriting best practices, whether or not you're writing a sales page, and even if it is a blog post, but not everybody does that. <laughs> and I would even say to just offer the opposite opinion. If I, When you mentioned that, I immediately thought of emails. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily want to sell in every single email. And I have been doing that for a little bit. And that's why I'm saying this. And that's why it was so top of mind for me, because I really missed just writing things to connect with the people, the people with my email audience, with really people I consider friends. They're reading my stuff like they care. They're still on my list. And if they decide to unsubscribe, that's totally fine. There's just they're good with the information that I have shared with them and they are ready to move on to some different avenue. And that's totally fine. But I would say it's important to master conversion copywriting and to just like you said, understand the principles and the techniques of it. And remember the person on the other side of the computer. And you sometimes just want to check in with them and say hi and share something and in an effort to connect or in an effort to inform or educate. So I think there's a purpose for it and a place for it, for sure. Even in case studies, like I even, as you were explaining conversion copywriting, I'm like, case studies, they land very heavily in conversion copywriting. And yet it's still there to entertain, inform, connect, educate. Yeah. So there's, it's a blend and all of the time you're trying to figure out like, what recipe do I need for this thing? (laughs) This email, this blog post, this sales page. Yeah, it's definitely a spectrum. As I hear you guys talking about this, the thing that really stood out to me for our e-commerce listeners is addressing those sales objections. Mm -hmm. Because I think a lot of business owners, especially smaller business owners, if you don't have a lot of experience or you're just getting started out, a lot of times we want to shy away from the objections because there's nothing wrong with our product, right? Like it's perfect. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> your life will be perfect when you buy this product and there will never be any problems ever. ever. <laughs> so if you can instead take the approach of saying, hey, we're aware that XYZ might happen, but this is how we deal with it. Or these are just some of the challenges you might experience on the way. This is, again, where conversion copywriting intersects with user experience and mm-hmm. just that UX copy and UX design of that client journey. And so I think it's really important that people understand as you're listening to this, guys, the the biggest takeaway that I could share with especially e-commerce and pretty much anybody else is just how can you get in front of your clients know and reassure them that this is a good purchase or this is a good investment, no matter what happens And these are the things that we've seen that could be considered negatives that have happened, but this is what you can expect. And this is what you can expect from us. This is what you might run into. And this is how we help you get past that. Those are the things that I think of when I think of conversion copywriting. And yet again, I'm going to just subtly plug case studies because it's literally what they do. They walk you through the way that I write them. It walks you through someone's experience, someone's journey and exactly what happened and who they are, what their life was like before, what was the experience, and then where they at now after working with you or after going through your program or after buying your thing, where are they at now? And you actually get to take a moment just to walk through that journey and go, oh, okay. And it really does build trust and it reassures people. And it even sets expectations like you're talking about, even just like understanding the process. If it is a service-based business provider, even the process of a product arriving or something like that too for e-commerce. Yeah. 
those are all things that I need to improve personally. And so like we're working through that right now. And I, so I 100% agree with everything you just said. That would make an amazing checklist. Gee, thanks. <laughs> I know people are pretty busy and it's all oh, do the work, do all the stuff that you have to do and then fit in self-care and then live your life and all this stuff. And then also make time to be creative. I am a maker and that's my business. But for those whose businesses don't revolve around creativity, are there any other ideas for us? Yeah. So back to the kind of copywriting. One of the first books I, I read when I was learning copywriting was by Joseph Sugarman. And in the beginning of the book, he talks about like the best copywriters being people who are just generally curious about life and have mm -hmm. a lot of interest, read a lot. They travel a lot. And I think just like cultivating a mindset constantly where you're trying to, no matter what you're doing, like trying to relate that to an idea or brainstorm something. Like I said, just writing ideas down and staying turned on and the fact that you could maybe use that, whether you're like watching stand-up comedy mm -hmm. or traveling to a new city and listening to foreigners. So it, I guess it's more of like a nebulous concept, but just keeping like a curious uh, mindset and constantly trying to relate that to how you might flesh out your own writing. And back to like comedy, I think that is another great thing to, to use. If you're watching stand-up comedy, you can draw inspiration from that because the way that like comedians structure their jokes, it, it, the way that they use hooks and they use like the most absurd part of the joke at the end of the sentence or the most absurd word, I think that's like a super valuable lesson for writing creatively and keeping people engaged. So yeah, that's just like one example. And then I think, like you said, like self-care is so important and just giving our ourselves time to just walk away from the computer and let like ideas just marinate, like I said, and recharge because that's when your subconscious is really like creating all of these good ideas. So recently I was listening to stand up and I was listening to Dave Chappelle for a little bit. And then there was <laughs> a, I think Conan O'Brien has a podcast. And he had Adam Sandler on there. And sometimes I use Adam Sandler in my Jasper <laughs> total voice because I love Adam Sandler and so does my best friend. But anyway, they were having a chat about what it was like back on SNL when they first started. Oh, and wow. they brought up Dana Carvey and Chris Rock. So especially Chris Rock, what two words would you first use to describe him? Not profanity, but <laughs> it's like... What two words would you use to describe him? I'm just curious from both of you guys. Just funny. I just remember like him, his essence, his like energy, his vibe, like that's what's coming through. But what he's would you, how would you describe it? Like he's really bold. That's a good one. Yeah. Okay. So bold. He was shy. They said he was really shy, really quiet, not necessarily not confident, but definitely checking with people like, Hey, what do you think of this? Or did it or whatever? And that's Chris Rock. And so what I took away from that, very random, but it was just like, hey, even the really successful people that seem like they're all up in your face and they've got like confidence overflowing for the masses might have started somewhere different, might have started a little less confident, a little less like in your face, a little less bold. But you too can get there. That's what I got from that conversation. And I thought that was just the neatest thing because I thought, oh my gosh, if you, somebody was going to call Chris Rock reserved, 
and yet you're going to call him bold. Mm -hmm. What does that say about the potential in all of us? Totally. And even as you guys are giving the examples of comedy and of even like everyday life moments, I was super introverted. I still am introverted, but I was very shy. I moved a lot. So I was always, I was perpetually the new kid, the new girl. And I, on top of that, I was like the smart new girl, which is not like a very good look in case you're wondering and you didn't move a lot. It's not like the best look to roll into school with. I hid with humor. I made friends with the most random people. And I did that by sharing my work. Literally like what we do on the podcast, like I shared my work in school, even to the point where I got in trouble once for not sharing the answers. But anyway, so <laughs> I digress. It was third grade and my best friend and I didn't realize that we even were cheating. Sorry for another day. But one thing that I was really good at what in school was like, I remember this very specific semester. I had six classes. I had three online, three in person. And my brain, no matter what classes I was taking, my brain would connect the dots. My brain would find a connection from world religions to Calc 1 that I couldn't seem to pass to world history or whatever. Like my brain just made all these connections. And now it's really helpful as a copywriter and as a strategist. But I just thought that it was like the weirdest human ever. I was like, why does my brain do this? And what purpose does it serve? It helped me to connect the dots with the concepts I was learning. And so it made me be really successful in all of the classes. It also helps me figure out what is my classmate not getting? Because I would just sit there and see the confusion on their face. And it drove me bonkers, which is why I would go over there and help them. But to tie this into what you guys are talking about, like everyday life, just being aware in those moments and being open to hearing things that are happening. I'm a little bit sometimes too much of an empathetic person where I notice everything. But there's a purpose for it if you are wired like that. And if you're not wired like that, I challenge you a little bit to try to be a little bit more open to noticing what's going on because it will make your work that much better. Mm. Yeah, putting yourself in other people's shoes is is hugely important, especially for copyright. <laughs> mm. Oh, so do you know your Myers-Briggs? INFJ. I knew it. Me too. Did you? Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is such a happy day. <laughs> yeah, you sound like one. <laughs> yeah. No shade. <laughs> no, not at all. That's one of the rare ones. It is the most rare. Yeah. Yeah. But we're also like the most mushy. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I hide behind a real good exterior sometimes. (laughs) Yeah. So how can people connect with you if they're looking for a conversion copywriter or launch strategist? Sure. Mm -hmm. Not a big social media person, but my website is sugarcopy.com. Also on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Haley.copywriter and LinkedIn dot com forward slash Haley K Burns. Love it. Go find her people. Don't call me for ad copy. Call Haley. It's awesome. Thanks so much for being here. It was nice to meet you. Yeah. And thanks for me. Thanks, Crystal. Yeah. It was awesome. Right. We'll catch you next. Yeah. Thanks. Have a good week. You too. Bye. Bye. Thanks for joining us today. If you like this info, subscribe before you go. So you never miss out on something related to SEO. See you next time.